You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Thank you for listening to the JCM Podcast Show. Um, this episode today was actually brought to you by Goodness Me Box, Woo-hoo! which we love. <laughs> so, Goodness Me Box, what is Goodness Me Box? Ooh, I don't know. Where do we start? <laughs> Goodness Me Box is actually a delivery that comes to your door once a month. A little box filled with delicious little treats. Um, actually, not everything is. It's not all food. Eating, is no, it's it? not all food because you sometimes get some really cool like little body stuff. Like I know one that I got recently was like a really nice um, organic-y natural face cl- um, cleanser. Love cleansers. So yeah. I get really excited about getting <laughs> beauty like, products, don't I? I'm just like, too. yes. Woo-hoo, beauty products. <laughs> <laughs> so Goodness Me Box is Australia's leading health food sampling box. Mm-hmm. There's lots of them out there, but they're definitely number one. Um, and basically when you get your box, it's got about six to ten um, boutique health products in there. And they really are a bit of the cream of the crop. So they're really looking at supporting that high quality health foods, all natural, GMO free, which is awesome. Um, and there's a real emphasis on gluten free, dairy free, uh, vegan where yeah, possible. Yeah, no artificial garbage in yeah, there. No, yes. no crap. Yeah, so just kind of, I guess, like new and emerging stuff or stuff that's been around for a little bit, but maybe people haven't heard of. So it's really nice. Yeah. Like I know every time I open one, it's a company that I've never heard of or yeah. a chocolate bar that I've never seen. Oh, or that, that, Have you tried that chocolate bit, bar yeah, in Craig, the last one? Craig bloody ate it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I had two two of the things. So I was really hungry. I'm, like, I'm going to so eat the rest of this. And he peeked it up and was like, oh, jump, jump. Is it really coffee-ish? Because I haven't had one oh, I had the, I had the other one, the chocolatey one. The other one I haven't oh. opened yet. I'm hiding that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't get vegan chocolate and stuff. it's not fair like he can just have normal stuff the good stuff is for me yeah, yeah i've got the coffee one there and i haven't done it yet because i was a bit scared that i was yeah. going to jack me up yeah but i'm like iron that baby off yeah just do it i might do it for a workout yeah do- <laughs> should have done it before this <laughs> i know so my god we really need it yeah <laughs> So, yeah, there's lots of delicious things in there, which is awesome. And I guess one of the things that I love about it, I mean, it's a monthly subscription, which is awesome, and it comes to your door, so it's like a little present every I, month. That's what I think I really like about it, because you have no idea what's coming, so every time you open one up, it's like, yeah. ooh! And it's always really pretty. It's always yeah, it's, wrapped it's up always so packaged nicely. Really nicely. Yeah, yeah I feels, agree. It's like a little present to yourself. Like, it also <laughs> makes. It's, a good way of looking. it's like a present to I yourself. Know, but for, I reckon it's an awesome gift. Yeah, true. Don't you reckon? So yeah. for someone who's into like taking care of themselves, you could organize it as a present option. Mm-hmm. Like, how cool would that be? Yeah. And then you get your little box turn up as yeah. like a present. Well, for just someone. get it delivered to yourself every month, yeah. and then just like if there's things you may not use, pop it into a box for someone else, and then just share it around. <laughs> Like, just keep all your little goodness me boxes and just go, I really love that. I, I wouldn't drink drink so much of that tea, but I really love that tea. Just re gift. Actually, don't listen to me. <laughs> oh, man. So, goodness me box was started by Peter, the lovely Peter. Um, it's interesting because she was really unwell herself for a while, had like her, some immune, different autoimmune conditions stuff going on. Sorry, Peter, that's pretty much all <laughs> I know about that. But essentially, 
the thing is that she found with changing her own diet that she felt she felt really bloody amazing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of what helped her really get passionate about putting all of these products out there and really spreading and getting the, the word message. out. Yeah, Which is so nice. We all, it was we all love it nice. when there's a nice story. Yeah. But um, the other really cool thing is that because Goodness Me Box is collaborating with us, yes. um, we get to offer a discount. Yeah, that just is pretty cool. And it's yeah. a pretty damn good I discount. Know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you get for your first order for any JCN listener ten dollars off that first box so boxes are usually twenty five dollars yeah for the month so that takes it down to just fifteen dollars yeah that's Do awesome the math on that yeah. one <laughs> I, I you know what check. if that actually wasn't like if we didn't work that out i wouldn't have known that, <laughs> that was fifteen dollars i would have been like <laughs> so at the checkout you need to use the checkout code jcn <laughs> Don't forget that one. Yep. <laughs> um, you can also visit Goodness Me Box on goodnessmebox.com. And they're on Instagram as, as well under the same Goodness Me Box and Facebook and so forth. So you can check out all their goodies there. Yep. So, yeah, guys, get into it. Yep, and check it out. Woohoo. Woo. What's with all the woohoos? I, I don't know. know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we're just glad the day's done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Hi once again. Hello. Welcome to the JCN Podcast Show. Welcome, welcome. I'm Jess. I'm Carissa. And today we've dropped our last name. I just decided. <laughs> Did you see that? I figure by now people know our last names and they don't care. <laughs> That's it. Well, we're going to get a little bit more meat here today, aren't we? Like we promised. Yeah, definitely. So today we're going to talk about um, the MTHFR gene. So yep. delving yeah. deep into methylation. Well, we're not going to go too deep, are we? We're going to talk about no, <laughs> no. We're not going to go. We always say this. We're not going to go too heavy into the biochemical stuff. We'll mention some basics, I think, yeah, just to try absolutely. and explain. It's. I was thinking it's kind of one of those things that's really hard to explain um, without like, a diagram. Yeah, I feel like I want to draw stuff. Yeah. Do you? I probably like. I think even when I explain it to my clients, yeah, I explain the methylation cycle and I use my hands yeah. a lot. Or I get like a pen and paper and I yes. draw a circle and yes. I draw in little like here's your B12 and this is what happens and this is where it converts down and yes. this is where it impacts and yeah. so without that it's going to be pretty hard for us yeah. to. Although we are good at analogies. <laughs> I've got it's going to be a challenge. Have you got one? <laughs> Not for methylation oh. but I think I've got, an, I'll, I've got an analogy for when I explain the difference between the two snippets that I use with my clients. Oh really? So, yeah. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Let's see if I can get it right though because normally I end up like confusing something because I'm trying to get it out too quickly. But anyway, so we're going to chat about um, methylation and MTHFR gene. And for people listening who are unfamiliar with the MTHFR gene, it stands for, you want to crack this one? Or? No, it's yours. <laughs> Methotetrahydrofolate reductase. So it's abbreviated for that very reason because no one can be freaking bothered to say that every time <laughs> to the MTHFR. Or if they do user. say it all the time, so the abbreviation yeah. they just yeah. wankers. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they want to sound freaking smart. <laughs> yes, well, when we're referring to the methotetra, shut up. <laughs> so, all right, so I thought. 
first. Well, Jess and I was actually funny because we decided we we're going to talk about this and we didn't really compare notes. Like, obviously, we both don't write heaps of notes about this, but the funny thing was is we both just wrote down key points this morning that we wanted to cover. Yeah. We came in and our notes, our key points are exactly <laughs> the same. They start off, what is methylation? What is MGHMR? <laughs> so, so clearly we're both on the same page, which is good. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Since you're putting your faith into us when you listen to us. So, yeah, as usual, we have limited notes that we've scribbled. Yeah. So this is just like a Off the verbal top. download verbal from our brain. So brains. yeah, caution. Yeah. Caution. Yeah, caution. We aim to get it right, but obviously we're like what we said. Like we're not biochemists. Yeah. We have a great understanding of this, but. You know, without diagrams and really getting into the nitty gritty. But we just want you guys to understand why methylation is important. Uh-huh. Um, what happens when this gene um, becomes defective or faulty or has a polymorphism, which is probably the more correct, politically correct uh-huh. way of saying it. Are we allowed to say defect? Even that's starting to get a slap on the wrist now. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> polymorphism on the gene. Um, so... It's just basically what it means for your life and your health implications if you do have this gene or you suspect yep. of having this gene. And why, I guess, I guess Jess think, loves the fact that I'm fascinated with this gene <laughs> or the polymorphism that can happen. But I think the reason I'm fascinated with it is because everyone is so fascinated with it and really bangs on about it. And yep. I just think when you put it into the clinical context of something that's going on for people and how you can manage it like with lifestyle Mm. and you know right supplementation it's actually yes it's a big deal but it's not that big of a deal like it's having it's like fashionable limelight yeah moment maybe i think it's starting to slowly wane now but i think that's yeah part of for me, what's driven me a bit crazy oh, about same. it, it's like taking one aspect of our health and putting all of the attention um, onto that. Yeah. And that's just really annoyed me because it's not like there's not a thousand uh, other genes and enzymes functioning the body and yeah. other polymorphisms that can happen. And it's just like, why are we focusing just on this one? Yeah. Like, I know it's really it important is, and does a lot. But and so are so many other things, know, right? Yeah, and, and that's it where is. I get frustrated. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, do we stop? Can I, we just stop with <laughs> methylation talk? Yeah, can we just stop saying you're an over-methylator, an under-methylator, like for frig's sake. Like it's – and I think that's why I do enjoy it because I really just enjoy saying to people like this is what it is, this is yeah. what it does and in the context of big, the big scheme of things yeah. – Yes, it matters, mm. but it also is just something in the context of big scheme of things that yep. as practitioners we take into consideration when prescribing a certain way or looking at things from a different yep, way. So definitely. it's, yeah, to us, like someone comes in and says we've got an NTHFR mutation, I don't fall off my chair backwards and go, well, there's the flipping answer for everything. I'm just like, cool, now we know that. Let's just keep chugging along. Let's just keep that in mind <laughs> yeah. as we move forward with your treatment. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, it's all been solved. How are you? All your problems rely solely on this little freaking snippet on this gene. It's not the case. Um, okay, oh, so. Oh, God. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, dear. Where should we start? Let's start with methylation. So, methylation. So, cool. methylation's a... Basically, a reaction happens in the body and it's a donation of a methyl group, like would you say in a nutshell? In a nutshell, yeah. yeah this little biochemical reaction that happens in every cell of our body and it's yeah. Yeah, exactly the donation of a methyl group, usually to a mm-hmm. protein or something like that, that changes how that protein then reacts with other substances yeah. in the body. So and it's 
Sorry, to, sorry yeah. to cut in there. I was just thinking about like last week how we talked about the liver. I think that was last week. No, maybe the, the week before. The week before. Where we talked about the liver Ooh, detoxification pathways. Like I don't know. It was in the last couple of episodes. Yeah, just listen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of the pathways that we discussed mm. as well. And we're talking about those different sort of um, enzymatic reactions that happen throughout the liver. Yeah. So I was just sort of relating it back to there. Yeah. Mm. So, so basically the reason this cycle methylation cycle is so important is because with the regulation and behavior and interaction of these substances various things happen or do not happen in the body so obviously our hormones rely heavily production and behavior of hormones relies heavily on methylation and how it's functioning detoxification which is a mm -hmm. huge one like and, and that's, that's probably it. the most one associated yep. with methylation with the again the liver pathway liver there and the glutathione as well yep. so I guess I'm jumping ahead, but we talk yep. about the cycle yep. a little bit. There's that push through the cycle to glutathione production. So if we're not having good quality glutathione production, then that being a major antioxidant in the body is going to be a major issue with liver function, yep. liver detoxification. Oxidative stress, how a body huge amount of oxidative oxidative stress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can see how this cycle is really important it has it has to do with our immune involvement it has to do with yeah our neurotransmitters hormones so it is ridiculously important so complete mm. considering the fact that two seconds ago we just <laughs> and said it doesn't mean jack it does and it is important but in the context of things you're not going to have a genetic mutation and that cycle is just going to shut down that's no. not how it works i, I heard someone talk about it which i really liked about being little trap doors like these yes. little like, Freaking love it. I know, cool, right? <laughs> like there's these polymorphisms around, but yeah. it doesn't mean that they're going to be always activated too. Yeah. Like it's like you're walking, depending on what's happening in your lifestyle, thought, life, so I can't speak today, lifestyle, you're Can walking I? around and you like stand on <laughs> this trap door. It's an mutation. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you can't speak. Like, that's like mental glitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, stood on that trap door. Yeah going to have an issue now yeah. you know or Such do you not stand on that trap door so you can carry these polymorphisms and never really actually have much of an issue if you exactly really right. look after yourself and yeah, uh, yeah or you can really minimize you can minimize the impact of these yeah. trap doors opening or how often they open or to what yep. degree they open yep. depending on how you look after yourself Definitely. so i bloody love that i know it's life. cool right it's great. <laughs> i'd like to claim it as my own but <laughs> stole right. it somewhere else it's fine <laughs> use it in my head use it use it so <laughs> so what happens is if so I suppose that kind of explains methylation in a bit of a yeah. nutshell. Did you want to go down the rest of the pathway? I think we should just just explain it a little bit just okay, to give people go. an idea. It's <laughs> like really it. basic. Speaking of analogies, like we're, we're talking about how we draw circles and so forth. Yeah. I, I was thinking we could describe them as cogs. Yeah, perhaps. cool. Yeah, like, cogs. Like Yeah, yeah, two cogs that kind yeah. of like turn yeah. constantly and they're stuck. To get well, they're not stuck. Think of two cogs. Yeah, they basically as they turn, turn the, the other, other one. Yeah, so yeah. they're intertwined and they just keep yeah. moving around. So basically, these enzymatic reactions that are happening through methylation. I love your little finger. Dude, my fingers go. I can't help this going in circles. Keep these cogs turning really nicely. Yeah. And basically, what's happening is we've got the that folate coming in and we've got that conversion of that folate mm -hmm. through to the reduced form yeah. and it's that reduced form that we often jump to with supplementation because of the gene mutation yeah, yeah well, we think we jump to it with well we something. think we do yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But then we've got that conversion from there through to things like homocysteine. Yeah. Um, and we've got the homocysteine then converting through to methionine. And then the methionine can continuing around on these cogs, going through, correct me if I miss anything here, converting through to SAMI. Um, and then SAMI, sh- oh, I was going to say it shoots off. <laughs> it, shoot, it shoots off its own more methyl groups, but then it can convert back around again. But then there's also another pathway that we are talking about before we start recording, mm-hmm. which is like a little other pathway so, that shoots off yeah. and it's very choline dependent yeah, that can come down. Yeah, and there's involved yes. in that. Yep, yep. So that's and that's what... where it comes down and there's also that glutathione mm. production as well. I may have got that little bit mixed up yeah, there. Like but basically yeah. think about it as these cogs that yeah. go around and round and yeah. all, each one of these conversions yeah. is reliant on a different enzyme yeah. and each of those enzymes can actually have its own SNP or polymorphism, or polymorphism. Or and each of those enzymes is dependent on yep. certain nutrients to function, function, which often relate back to the B vitamins, the the folic acids and the folates zinc. that we talked about so yeah. much, yeah, the zinc and so forth, zinc. so yeah. B, particularly your B6, your B3, B9, your B2, yeah. yeah. So basically, you've gotten each- way more technical than I was even gonna get. Like I was just gonna be so much more simple than that. But yeah, totally. But I just want people to understand. Yeah, I think that, the like, cognitive each of these different reactions are very much dependent on what happened beforehand in the cog, and then not only what happened before, but then what happens afterwards, and then how afterwards relates back to the start. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. So even though you can go through all of those cogs and turns to the end. And shoot yeah. out a methyl group <laughs> through that semi production that also in turn comes back to the start. So mm-hmm. basically, yeah, you can get this breakdown in this communication yeah. of this cog, and then it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind, it kind of is like that. Or you can kind of think like if you've got. A couple of different cogs, like let's just think about the different things that methylation's involved in. And if you have all your cogs just kind of sitting there and then a little methylation cog um, attached to the side of each one and it's helping, say, like the Krebs cycle or our citric yeah. acid cycle turn or it's helping out that homocystic that and Sammy, that whole cycle turn. And mm, there's a, I like, like yeah, a clock. Like a clock. I'm thinking yeah. like a clock with heaps of different yeah, cogs, yeah, yeah. but all the big cogs off on the little side, yeah. there's a little methylation cog. So the methylation is mm-hmm. involved in every single cycle and thing it, like that happens in our body. And yeah. obviously, so we want that to be working, but different cycles mm. in the body are going to be impaired differently by variations of this gene. And a lot of that is actually more predetermined by other genetic things going on. So mm-hmm. that's probably a good way of... Yeah, no, that's... that's yeah. I like it. So I'm it's liking not just it like a lot. you've got like a snippet on this gene and every cycle in your body is going to be impaired. Like you're genetically going to be wired for different things to malfunction differently because yeah. or function better mm-hmm. dependent on how this cycle works for you. So then we probably get into the MTHFR and what it actually means. So reductase Mm. means reduce. So as just mentioned before, so what actually happens is we're looking at B9, for example, which is folic acid or folate, Mm -hmm. depending on whatever form it comes in. And what happens naturally in the body is um, there's a whole heap of enzymatic or... (laughs) Sorry about that. Slurp (laughs) Slurp on a smoothie. (laughs) And the enzyme comes in and it just converts an inactive form of 
folic acid to an active form of folate, which is necessary for the methylate, methylation cycle to function, as is B12, as is an, or an active form of B12, as is B6. So mm -hmm. that's what we need for the methylation cycle to work. And so you can hopefully see from our COG analogy and then a defect on the, that conversion rate between the inactive form of folate to an folic acid to an active form of folate mm -hmm. that the body can use, that that's going to impair that process. Mm -hmm. Did I explain? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the listeners are like <laughs> <laughs> just banging their head it's on gone. the desk. You girls are just confusing us even more. I but yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it's that downstream. Yeah. We've got some issues happening yeah. here, guys. We've got a little bit of a problem. Yeah. So basically, that's yeah. going to impact like further yeah. up the the cog, and the it cog. may not break down the whole thing. Yeah. It might shoot off one other cog into another pathway yeah. depending on who you yeah. are and what's going on in your body. Yeah. So for a person who doesn't have any sort of problem with that NTHFR mm. um, gene or mm -hmm. a snippet on that gene, they have no issues with that. It's not that they have no issues with the methylation cycles. Obviously, other things mm. can impact the methylation cycle. And I think that's equally as important. Mm. Okay. So if you B12 deficiency, which we'll talk about. Mm. So everyone just goes, oh, you've got an NTHFR mutation. Um everything's going to be stuffed, but they don't check. <laughs> <laughs> Not the case, and you got to check a few other things. Okay, he's all going right <laughs> the wheel now. Yeah, the wheel's turning, but the hamster's dead. One of the most important parts is the conversion, as Jess mentioned before, from homocysteine to methionine. Mm -hmm. So this is a really important process and it is very much reliant on this cycle for that conversion. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when homocysteine is not converted down to methionine because there's an impairment in this cycle, homocysteine levels rise in the mm -hmm. body and that is potentially toxic. So yeah. that's when we start seeing issues with, you know, um, cardiovascular problems for people, mm -hmm. which we'll go into more, fertility and birth defects, mental mm -hmm. health issues, because homocysteine itself is a very, very, um, it's almost like a toxic amino acid. Mm. Like it mm. goes through and it's quite damaging. It's um, In high levels. In high levels, yeah. 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 It's great in normal levels yeah. and totally necessary, yeah. but in higher levels yeah, where it's not exactly. managed and converted down, it's quite toxic to the body. And you can see from what Jess mentioned before, where we're not only dealing with homocysteine, we're dealing with decreased glutathione. So not only have we got mm. something more toxic floating around in the body, we've got a decreased capacity through the glutathione yeah. pathway to Double deal whammy. with it. Double whammy. <laughs> sign, sign off now. <laughs> no. so, and it's why people will often test homocysteine to get a bit of an idea of what might be. Test yeah, okay, yeah, a little like bit twitching over here. We try, we try. Um, Maybe, yeah, we'll as test a, that to get a bit of a very rough idea, idea of how of the methylation life. cycle exactly. is functioning. But as we are talking about before we started, that you won't always see raised yes. homocysteine with, with issues with cycle. methylation. Yeah. And we've seen that with our clients yeah. where their homocysteine is fine, but they've been tested and they do present with these yeah. SNPs. So yeah. it's not always the case. Um which comes down to, I think you had, you were saying, you, and I'm very curious to hear, I think, depending on the type of SNP, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, so then there's two, there's obviously with the mutation, the NTHFR mutation, so far last time I read about it, which was a fair few years ago, I think they were up to identifying, um, I definitely know it was over 50 variations yeah. within yeah. this gene, but the two that are most studied and the two yeah. that they test when I had to write this down. So oh my I mean, God, yes. I only know one off the top of my head. So that's the C6 <laughs> 7-7-T yep. mutation, but then there's another um, MTHF, 
are A12, hang on, I had to write that one down, yeah. 98C mutation. Mm. Okay, so there's two variations that are the two that they can actually like test for. Yeah. And then there's hetero and homozygous mm -hmm. within those mm -hmm. as well. So I don't actually know, and I, I haven't looked into it that much, if mm. one potentially means you're going to be more set up for mental health and the other one yeah. might be more potentially you're going to be set up for cardiovascular Between issues. those two Between different steps. My, my basic understanding of it is that it's more the more dominant one, the, that C677 yeah, one, is like the yeah. one that tends to, obviously the more prevalent, but tends yeah. to be the one that expresses that higher homocysteine. Yeah, yeah. But Again, like I'm sure you see it in the other, but I yeah. know that I've read and, and heard that yeah. like there's definitely one variation or variations when they're variations, of course, yeah. that yeah. Um, um, really commonly will not yeah. show any sort of effect yeah. on homocysteine, which yeah. makes sense because look at what we're talking about. It's not yeah. just all – like there's a big focus on homocysteine and that's important, but, but it's yeah. not just about – the homocysteine it's about the other yeah. things that can shoot yeah. off from there too and too it's, it's understanding that just because you have a snippet or a mutation or a defect whatever the frig we're going to call it on this gene yeah it doesn't mean that you are now not going to convert yeah. folic acid to folate and that cycle is going to be completely impaired it's yeah. about it's usually a reduced capacity exactly. for the, it's really important for the function out. of that yeah of that expression or that conversion to happen yeah. so i got a cool little table which i was <laughs> going to tell you about because <laughs> i knew someone actually did ask this and i'm like okay so the someone did ask the difference between um homozygous and heterozygous yeah so that my, was, yeah that's your analogy my analogy for this one i explain it to my clients and let me make sure i've got this one right <laughs> is when you have like just think about it in terms of two parents making a baby Right, and I explain it in terms of height. If you have two tall parents and uh -huh. they both carry the tall, the gene that yep. makes you tall, yep. and you have a child and that child is tall, you would say that that they have taken a gene from both parents and that yep. child has become tall. Okay, yep. so that is considered a homozygous uh -huh. gene, right? And then if you have a tall parent and a short parent and mm -hmm. the child is tall or short you mm -hmm. would say they're heterozygous so they've taken the expression of one gene and it's genetically expressed in them and they've become tall or short yeah does that make sense yeah so yeah, when we, yeah so i like just like it. to use that because it's just easy because you can visualize two tall parents having yeah. a tall kid a tall parent a short parent having a tall or a short kid and whatever <laughs> gene that child has favored they become heterozygous for yeah. that gene so when we start looking at mutations mm. within the c677t and the other one eight a, B, whatever. <laughs> seven, five, eight, One thousand seven, million, two, billion. Four, you, can, eight, you can be within that homo or hetero and it comes down to your parents, basically. Yep. So if you've got two parents that carry a genetic snippet for the C677, I'm just totally making numbers and letters up now because I'm just trying to get this out quickly. <laughs> then you're going to be homozygous for that. But if you've only got one parent that has passed it on, you'll be yep. hetero. If yep. you have that gene, if you don't have it, but you have a parent that has it, then obviously you just don't have that gene. Yep. It's as simple as that. Yeah, clear as mud. Clear as mud. Well, the d defect on that gene. So so that's basically the difference between homo and heterozygous. If people ask, honestly, it does. Oh, that's what I was going to do, my little table. I forgot all about it. <laughs> So, do you know, just as a side note, I don't know if I've told you this, this is completely as usual off topic, but not <laughs> my, my sister who is like you've met and she's yeah. shorter than me yeah. and her husband's quite, so they're both short and yeah. they've had my niece yeah. who is really quite small. Yeah. So two short people, they've got really good friends that yeah. they've made 
and these friends are basketball players. <laughs> so, <laughs> that so they are epically tall. Both of them are basketball players. Yeah. And they had a kid at the same time as yeah. my sister had a kid. And Zaya's so taller. You should see these two kids together. Oh, right. No, no, no. Like, Zaya just looks, looks like, a like a mid, like so small. And yeah. this kid who's. Like the basketball kid who's four <laughs> looks, I'm not exaggerating, looks like a nine-year-old. Oh, that would be... And they've just had another kid. Yeah. And the kid's only like maybe 18 months and it looks like it's like three or four. It's oh, the weirdest wow. thing ever. There you I go. just had that's, to share that with that, you. No, but that's good. Home is like a screen, right? guys. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for just clarifying my analogy. That's perfect. <laughs> so for people out there listening, because I think there'll be a lot of people listening to that that probably already know they have a um, genetic variation on this folate conversion mm-hmm. these are the stats for what because i was going to make up statistic based on what i could remember but i, <laughs> I, I better look it up and be a bit more so i was going to say roughly this much i'm like chris and they probably want a bit more concrete than that so okay so if you have um and the c677t heterozygous you have a, a re- Reduced capacity of 30 to 40%, so loss yep. of function of conversion, right? Yep. Um, if you're homozygous for the C677T, it's up to 60 to 70%, mm. okay? So when Jess is talking about the homocysteine, for those of you that are homozygous, so you got it from both parents, thanks, mum and dad, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're obviously going to have a far more decreased capacity to convert yep. the inactive forms of folic acid to folate. Again, it's not 100%, no, okay? So Exactly. You guys just need to take care of yourselves. Yeah, exactly. So um, the 1298, um, C is the heterozygous is there's some loss of function mm-hmm. um, but it's not really a, yeah. like, I think that's probably the one that's a lot less yep. um, from what I can see and what I've heard that's, yeah, that's, n- that's not such the issue yeah. um, and then if you've got the one nine. 1298C homozygous, so from both parents, mm. um, you got forty about 40% decreased capacity yeah. to convert. So yeah. it sounds like a lot, but I think it's important to note that mm. it's not a total 100%, this cycle's never going to work, you're never mm. going to detoxify things, you're going to become this total toxic mutant animal. It's doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, it just doesn't work like that. It just means when you find out you have this gene, depending yep. on what your variation is, you are going to have a decreased capacity to for your mm. methylation cycle to function. So there's just a few things that you need to be a mm. bit more careful of. That's it. Yeah, like, exactly. Monitor your homocysteine levels, live a less toxic lifestyle, look at the types of supplements mm. that you're talking about, which we will talk about when it comes to especially pregnancy because I think it's even yeah. more important there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that also brings us to the other factors outside of just knowing that there's those SNPs yeah. there. So it also, as you are just saying about, okay, live a less toxic lifestyle, be mindful of what you're putting into your body, but also, if you know that they're there, it's looking at what other things may be affecting you. And it's not just about just taking that type, you know, taking yeah. that, that supplement. It's also about what's going on, as we always do, back to the gut. Like how well are you absorbing yeah. your nutrients in regards yeah. to your B vitamins, particularly your B12. So, yeah. you know, you could be looking at this and going, oh, my God, I've just got to take this particular type of folic acid and everything's going to be fantastic but you know it's about potentially the fact that you're not actually getting enough of your b12 coming through from a gut absorption capacity that's having more of an impact Impact on this cycle you know there's again it's the diet like what's coming through from a b vitamin point of view and what's really interesting is like there's a term thrown around a lot when they say um folic acid sufficiency so that's a supplemental form Mm. of folic acid not folate that's available in our food like Mm -hmm. the active form 
So uh, folic acid sufficiency or too load can mask a B12 deficiency. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I think that term gets all that phrase gets thrown around a lot and not many people actually understand what mm -hmm. it means. But that's really got to do with the fact that a lot of the times the symptoms of B12 are missed because mm -hmm. of this whole overload of supplements. And mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think even when you look at it on pathology, it changes, mm -hmm. it changes somewhat as well. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. B12s, I think, a really important one yeah. that kind of in some ways gets overlooked. Like if yeah. you look at, I don't know, like if you look at formulations that have been put together for this, they often have the B12 in there, of course. But I yeah. just think it's again, it's like not looking at that wider picture of what no. might be going What's on, actually going and like on. the load on the body that's then affecting methylation. Like, yeah. of course, if there's those yeah. polymorphisms there, then they're there. But like, yeah. let's look at all of the other factors. Yeah. Like, it might be. You know, as simple as looking at someone's gut and getting their absorption capacity back up, Absolutely. making sure that they're detoxifying right. better, clearing yeah. out those pathways better. And it's just like, oh, okay, great. That's all we really needed to yeah. get this moving more effectively. Absolutely. And just, I think the thing is too, like I think the automatic go-to when people are um, told that they've got a methylation mm -hmm. issue or, you know, they've, they're tired and stuff is just take more B vitamins. Yeah. Or, and I think we've talked about this with iron in the past. Like you, the body is really, really good at regulating what it needs. Mm. So more is not better when it comes mm. to bees. Mm. Fixing your gut function, fixing your liver detoxification capacity, looking after your body from a toxic burden. Like don't smoke. Get out and exercise. Mm. Reduce your exposure to toxic chemicals so your body has to deal with less. Don't just go and throw a shitload of B vitamins down your guts and yeah. think that that's going to solve the problem because yeah. quite often if you do have this mutation and you're doing that thing, oh, I'll take my B vitamin every day, I guarantee you it's just a crappy one from over the counter <laughs> at the chemist and it doesn't contain the active forms that you need yeah. and therefore you're actually just adding to the toxic, the burden because yeah. you, then you get this accumulation of folic acid that can't be converted or has a decreased capacity to be converted because the body's still dealing with all the other crap that your body's yeah. going through yeah. Yeah. and that creates its own host of issues as well so it's not just the homocysteine it's the other the levels of um, folic acid that your body can't deal with because yeah, there's that sure. there's that whole consensus getting around that you can't take too many b vitamins and your yes. body just wheezes it out that's absolute crap yeah exactly <laughs> like be yeah. careful about what you're taking yeah we see that all the time with clients don't we like when blood crazy testing b12 see, levels crazy yeah, folic, b6, b6 i see people shoot because oh. b6 again they're including those cofactor nutrients for enzyme yeah. um, biochemical transfer and basically B6, zinc, etc. are yeah. in a lot of these supplements. So yeah. people take like three, four, five, a lot, 20 supplements yeah. self-prescribing yeah. and yeah. their B6 goes through the, the roof. roof. And I think another mm. one that's really important to talk about, like someone wanted to know what the implications are. This was an email that we got, which yeah. I think is really important. She didn't actually ask about this, but she asked about what the implications of the um, folic acid folate, like what if you carry an if you carry an MTHFR mutation, what mm. that means for pregnancy. It basically just means like obviously mm. there's other risk factors associated, but it really just comes down to the type of um, B9 that you're going to be taking yeah, or folate. Sure. So you want to be taking the most active form. Yeah. So the scary thing is, and this is not naming and shaming, but the scary thing is, is that a lot of people that know that they have an MTHFR mutation, whatever type it is are banged on five freaking milligrams of folic acid mm -hmm. by their 
fertility doctor or obst- I don't think obstetricians prescribe it, but mm. whoever they're seeing, like, oh, you've, it's all right, we'll just make sure we give you five milligrams mm-hmm. of folate. You're basically saturating the body with an inactive form of something that then becomes potentially toxic. Yeah. Our body only needs, I think it's 400 micrograms mm-hmm. of folate a day and it's got a rate limiting way of how much it actually absorbs. So you're giving a really bioavailable form of it and just saturating the body with it and that is more potentially toxic and harming to falling pregnant and babies mm. than taking smaller amounts of active folate. Yeah, yeah. Did I get that you, out? You did. <laughs> I only wanted to get that one out and yes. I'm, I'm happy, <laughs> happy for you. So if you are one of those people and there you have had any sort of issues with fertility yeah. and pregnancy because I think that's the one when – MTHFR gets thrown around a lot. Definitely. You you really get a good nutritionist or a good Mm. naturopath that knows what they're talking about when it comes to MTHFR Mm. and pregnancy and the types of folate or folic acid that you need to be on based on Mm. what gene you carry or genetic defect you carry. What are your thoughts on like pregnancy if someone hasn't been actually tested and they don't know? Do you think that they should just take a high-quality pregnancy multi that just has that activated form in it? I think it probably wouldn't hurt. I honestly think I would love to see as part of preconception care, people get screened for homocysteine. Bang. Just if you're thinking of falling pregnant, Mm. like even if they don't want to swab you for the gene, Mm. just have a look at how your homocysteine is behaving. Like like we said, it's not always just about homocysteine, but homocysteine. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, one that didn't start with, it's easy. And if your body's already struggling there, Mm. I would say get that homocysteine Mm. under control, work out what's driving that elevated levels Mm. of it and sort that out. If you can, obviously there's unplanned pregnancies and Mm. that's not to scare people if you, you know, you've got a high homocysteine reading your four pregnancies, it's going to be the end of the earth. People have completely healthy babies, but this is just preventative care Mm -hmm. or preconception care. Like I just think. Yeah. I don't know. So I would say, yeah, like a better quality. Yeah, yeah. Like I think there's just so many crappy pregnancy multis on the market. Oh, my God. They're so bad. You know, and it's just yep. – and the general consensus is we'll just take more of your pregnancy multi. You can't get enough into that for, into yeah. your body for your baby. It's not true. Like, yeah, for sure. Anyway. For sure. So I think the other thing that people definitely asked about was just the overall symptoms and so forth. Yes. Did we get that question? Yes, I'm not just did. making that up. No, we, de- we definitely did. So <laughs> I guess the thing here, right, which is where I I get oh, be careful with it. I get a little bit frustrated. Is the symptom list is just so long, and it's and that's it's where it's just you can blame everything on methylation. Yeah. So, so yeah, people get hung up on it and again. Go, it must be a methylation issue. Yeah. Like it's just. I mean, even from what we've talked about, but, you know, there's there's DNA issues, for yeah. instance. So when you're talking DNA, we're talking a lot of different things. Yeah. Obviously, there's you can relate that straight away to cancer. There's, like, inflammation. There's impaired liver detox. There's mood disorders. Yeah. Um, there's... Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say mental health is yeah, a mental huge, health, yeah, is a sorry, huge one for NTHFR. Yeah, but again, yeah. it's not the be-all. It definitely plays a role in it. But yeah. it's not It's not to say if you carry this gene or you've got a mental health and you definitely have this gene mm. or gene poly, polymorphism. But too, like, I feel like a, the, the MTHFR mutation just solely gets the blame for yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, again, in the clinical context when you put it into – how relevant it is there's mm. so many other things that come into play like what you're saying yeah yeah so symptom wise and mental health so it's totally cut no no <laughs> no that's the thing yeah and it's just like the list goes on you like know cardiovascular like disease is a huge one cardiovascular huge. Things, diabetes, so diabetes as well like you know we're yeah. listing some we're like just, massive things yeah. that are like diseases of our sort of westernized culture yeah, and which, i just think that's that's highly important but like to put it all into the bag okay. methylation is a little bit 
of a sort of scary thing to do. We've got to take more on board of like the lifestyle that we're leading. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And how how we're putting food into our bodies and the society that we live in and all these other factors that we talk about from like a bi-weekly. Yeah. You know. Like, well, to put it into perspective, like I think if I was to get swabbed, someone else did ask, sorry, about how they test for it. So it's a Mm. swab or a spit, Uh like buccal swab or just spit into a jar and they send it off and send send it off and (laughs) test it. But, like, if I was to, like, I obviously haven't tested myself with MTHFR things. I honestly couldn't care. But (laughs) I don't. Like, it's just, but I guarantee you if I was, if I did go and test myself or find out, I I would be so, I would fall off my chair backwards if I didn't have a mutation. Like, I look at my genetic potential from my family, both sides. Mm. We have so much mental health and schizophrenia. That's a huge one with um, MTHFR and too much folic acid supplementation that can't be converted, but that's another thing for me to talk about. Um, We've got so much cardiovascular stuff, like heaps Mm. of mental health, heaps of cardiovascular stuff. So homocysteine, not only damaging, we start thinking of it from strokes, DVT, um, cardiovascular Mm. disease, heart attacks. Like there's so much in there. So for me, I would definitely... 100% 100% I reckon carry yeah. that mutation. But am I running around going, oh, my God, it's it's not like that. It's mm. You put everything else into perspective. Yes, there's the potential for that. So you look after your mental health, mm-hmm. you exercise, you eat well, mm-hmm. you don't smoke, you don't go on the pill if you know you've got a mm-hmm. predisposition to some sort of cardiovascular event or blood clotting. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's more about just putting into the context of, okay, yep, I've got this, what preventative measures can I take yep. just to look after myself that little bit better? And, again, just to reiterate, like if you're living that type of really – good nourishing lifestyle without being a saint but if you're doing all the right things as you were saying earlier it's not a complete block the hamster isn't dead (laughs) it's just just got a broken front leg (laughs) so all of those really folate rich foods that you're eating those b vitamin rich foods that you're eating the zinc rich foods that you're eating yeah they're converting through still they are still going through Mm. and doing a plethora there's that word again of different <laughs> Just different enzyme reactions throughout the entirety of the body. So yeah. It's not like you're not getting anything. Yeah. So you know And I think it's, it's important to note too, like just on the subject of food, is that food does food farmed properly does <laughs> food that's farmed properly um in you know in a sustainable way hmm. does actually contain adequate folate. It's just that the introduction and fortification of folic acid in our mm. food, so the inactive form came when the massive industrial revolution came through and all mm. our soil became depleted and all of a sudden we start seeing these folate, folate deficiency things with birth. So, of course, the government, not knowing any better, just goes, let's just go folic acid, fortify yep. everything, yep. not realising that this gene probably – this gene is not a new oh, thing. Exactly. This gene defect has been kicking around for ages. It's just yep. that all of a sudden our body's got all this form of folic acid that it doesn't know what to do with or is yep. struggling to convert, and then you throw a genetic mutation in on top of that, mm. and that's why we're seeing the issues with methylation yep. now. So yep. it's – Exactly. It's going back to just eating real and people food. Are standing on the trapdoors more because yeah. they're not taking care of themselves. And not taking as much. care of themselves. Oh, we can just tie all our analogies. I love how we just do this. <laughs> we've got we got cogs. We've got trapdoors. We've got them all. We got height. We got basketball players stepping on trapdoors. <laughs> got them all. Oh dear. Yeah. But yeah, like it's just it comes back to just like 
putting it into the context of really just looking after yourself, being aware of what your potential your mm. potentiations are as well, far mm. as genes go, but yeah, not- yeah, and as as you're saying, like if there's if there's family history there, mm. um, but I think particularly like as Krista was just talking about a lot of mental health, um, cardiovascular, <laughs> a lot of the t- people death in the family quite early from cardiovascular yep. disease, mm-hmm. um, and potentially other people you know in your family with high homocysteine, obviously that's a big one, but, you know, if there's those things there, ask your doctor to get yeah. tested if you're, if you're worried about it. You can get tested, but it's, yeah, but, keep, keep in mind everything we've talked about. And keep in mind that I think, I'm going to make this stat up, but I yeah. think last time I did read up on this, which was quite a while ago, there's some, it's not a small percentage of people that have mm. this, it's, I think it's like 45% of the population. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. So it's it's, you're not alone in this little mutant world of <laughs> um, MTHFR, you know, what downward spiraling. Like yeah. it's just it's, – It's epically huge. And I get, you know what, another thing that's worth pointing out, like we are having clients now who are, because it's more available, doing genetic testing. And yeah, you get back their I genetic test. Saturday, yep. And there's literally like 100 plus – of the ones that we even know about mm. that are being tested. And there's so many different mutations or polymorphisms that we see with all these different genes that are in a test result. And it's like, that's just who they are. Like yeah. I look at that and I was like, well, that's that's their thing. Like we've all got yeah. our little quirks, our quirks, little idiosyncrasies, yeah. our little trapdoors. Our little trapdoors, You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's just like no one's going to be walking around just perfect. Yeah, like, like look at my DNA profile. <laughs> Didn't I hit the like bloody jackpot? Like being a human being is. Yeah. Like we have these genetic things that are passed through. We are flawed. We are flawed, of course. We actually are going to die one day. I mean, I'm sorry to get (laughs) morbid, but like there's going to be things that aren't like 110% working perfect for eternity. So, you know, that's where I just think it's kind of a little bit (laughs) full on, but to just bring it back into the context of just not getting overly consumed with it because it's just... All of this information is really important, but like bring it back into everyday life, yep. everyday living, and remember there's like a lot of other functions happening in your body. And the body is smart. Like if you like, no, we say this all the time, but if you look after it and you you are aware of your, what your genetic predispositions are, and mm. you put measures into place to compensate for that without going totally crazy about it. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Like yep. you just get the help of someone who knows what they're talking about and mm. understands genes and like you know, like you and I don't even specialize in genes, but mm. we've got a great understanding mm. of it because it's relevant, but it needs to just be put into the context yep. of everything else that you're doing for your life. Yeah, I think so, because it's nutrition as well. Yeah. Like, you know, we're sort of talking about like those building blocks, foundations of what make things work and that's nutrition. Yeah, Which absolutely. probably is why we're so like nerdy get off on yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Nerdgasms. <laughs> uh, well, I kind of feel like we've covered everything. Yeah. Did we, did we think, get everyone's questions? I think so. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, eat. We, yeah, I think we did. I'm like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to anyway because yeah. um, if there's anything we have missed, then obviously just flick us an email or. Um, even just drop us a question on our socials where you can definitely, definitely clarify. There was a few things. We just didn't want to go into it too much and confuse the bejeebas out of everyone yeah. because I feel like that's already been done enough. Yeah, and if we have confused you in any way, like <laughs> if we explain something, you're like, well, yeah, it still didn't get that. Just let us know. Yeah, let us know. Or if you are, for whatever reason, concerned that you have this mutation or you want to test for it or you are mm-hmm. trying to fall pregnant and you know you've got this mutation, your doctor's prescribed you folic acid. Like if there's anything that we've mm-hmm. said that you thought, holy crap, that 
that's me and now I'm worried, mm. just pop us an email. You yeah. can either book in and see us or we should just be able to clarify something quite quickly yeah, by exactly. email. Like, it is a scary thing for a lot of people, but like yeah. when you're kind of sitting in our chair, like from at this end of the, this end of the desk, <laughs> yeah. we don't actually think it's that scary. Yeah. So I guess that's probably why we wanted to do the podcast and get Definitely. it out to you guys is that – yeah, I think I have a lot of clients that will come in and, like, they've been given this diagnosis and they're bloody devastated. And mm. I'm like, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> I know you want I know you want this to be. No, I don't say they want it, but, you know. Like, <laughs> you wanted it, man. <laughs> you wanted this mutation. No, like, but they want, they like, oh, that's my answer. This I know, right. And it's just yeah. like, look, it's it's part of it, but yeah. it's, it's so there's so much more exactly. going on in this right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I'm going to wrap it on up. Wrap it on I've up. Got like four minutes. We did, we did this last time. <laughs> we did it. I was like, got to get going. <laughs> it was like pushing my client out the door so we could start. You're like pushing me out so you can bring That's yours it. in. Get out. <laughs> yeah, as Chris has said, if you've got any questions, let us know. Um, and as always, just, yeah, head to either SoundCloud or iTunes to subscribe yeah, yeah. so you can listen to us as these episodes drop. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be talking to you again um about intermittent fasting i know we brought that up um not that long ago we've had a few questions about that too yeah um so throw anything yeah any any other questions that you have about that or anything in particular you want us to talk about we're um open ears open ears yeah Yeah. (laughs) but otherwise um take care guys hope you enjoyed that and we will talk to you again soon see you later bye